So we were in the sugya of uh, we said that if uh, if you leave your dog or your kid on the roof and they jump off and they damage Kalim underneath, you're liable. So let's go from Omar Azvid. We did read this line, but I think it's the start of the new point. And we said that's where they jump, but not if they fall. And, wh- and we then brought up, but wait. You're telling me that if something starts off with negligence, you leave your dog on the roof, it's going to jump off, or it's likely to jump off, and therefore you're negligent by leaving him there, and therefore you're responsible for the kalim that he jumps on and damages. Um, that's, so, so, that, so that's why we understand you're liable. If he falls off the roof, okay, so that's out of his control, that's ornate. You couldn't plan for your dog to fall off the roof. Dogs don't normally do that sort of thing. So then it's Trila Bipshir Vesofa Ba'ines. An action that started in negligence, but actually concluded in Oines. And that's a Machlokas in Baba Metziah, whether you're liable. Again, Oines you generally exempt. If I uh, leave my dog sufficiently secured, and uh, something out of my control happens, a huge hailstorm, totally unexpected, you know, comes and uh, damages the fence, and the dog's able to jump out, then uh, it's oinase. So, so here with the dog fell off the roof, it's oinase. But the case with the dog on the roof, it started with negligence. And that's where the whole confusion... So if it starts with negligence, maybe you should still be liable. And that's Tchile B'Psir B'Sofa B'Oynes. So this fits all very well with the opinion that Tchile B'Psir B'Sofa B'Oynes you're liable for. But there's opinion in Baba Matthias that says you exempt. So how will he explain it? So he said, no. When an animal jumps off a roof, they land a little bit away from the roof. So therefore, and here are the cases where the kalim were left right next to the wall, right up against the wall. So only because it was oinase, only because the animal fell, did he damage those kalim. Ah, oh, you look, oh, I'm going to leave my dog here. You look around that there's nothing that's going to damage. Oh, there's some uh, no, valuable paintings leaning up against the wall. I don't have to worry because even if my dog jumps off the roof, it's not going to damage the kalim. It's going to land a meter away from them. And then it fell off the roof. So that's Oynes. Now, Omar Avzvid, it's the ninth last line of Chof Aleph Amodeis 21a, 21b. Omar Avzvid, Mishmei the robber, Avzvid said in the name of robber. Sometimes, even if the dog falls off the roof, you would be liable. Why? Mishkach has no, because if it's a rickety wall, it says, my nihu. So, what are you making him liable for? It says, the iboy leila suke daita de novel. Archi, because he should have been aware it's a rickety wall, the bricks fall down. And then the bricks fall and damage. It says, But at the end of the day, we're discussing a case where it's not where the bricks fell down, it's where the dog or the goat fell down. So he shouldn't be, so it's still oinais. So he says, No, what do we need? Actually, we need it. What he meant is, it's a very narrow wall. I, if you see that you left with a fence around the roof that you left your dog on, it's very narrow. And the dog will try to jump on it, but he might slip off and fall anyway. Well, then even if the dog falls, it's your negligence and you would be liable. Okay, so that's that case. Now, If a dog 
or a goat jump from downwards to up, so they jump up onto something, you exempt. However, if they jump down, from up to down, then you'd be exempt. Then you'd be liable. Adam Vatana Golshe Doglu, Bain Milamala, Bain Milamata, Bain Lamata, sorry, Bain Milamala Lamata, Bain Milamata Lamala, Chayobim, whichever way they're jumping, you're liable. Adam's um, very easy, why are you liable for the man, whichever way he jumps? Because the person's always liable. Whatever he does, it's irresponsible, whether it's the n- a normal thing for a person to, or a not normal thing for a person to, he's liable. Chickens, so they jump up and down. But it seems dogs and kids normally jump down. But, if, and, but they don't normally jump up. So if they do jump up, you would be exempt. Mm-hmm. How much would you exempt completely? Would you be exempt completely? So no, so Rashi points out that the second or fourth last, fourth last line, second or Rashi on the page, if your dog or kid jump upwards, you're exempt. From full damages, but you're liable in half damages because it's unusual. Whenever you, and remember, unusual is the same as caring. But wait, there's a price there which says whichever way this dog or this kid jump, you are liable, whether it's up to up downwards or whether it's upwards. So Targum or Rav explained, no, it's where they switched the way that they jumped. Kalba b'zakira ugadi b'saricha. The dog jumped in the form of zakira and the kid jumped in the form of saricha. What's so again? The question here is just a contradicts the previous one, which said that if your dog jumps downwards, I'll explain it now. If your dog jumps downwards, you are liable. Whereas if your dog jumps upwards, you're exempt. And this price says even when they jump downwards, you're exempt. Why? So it says because it did it in a strange way. Dogs normally, when they climb down a wall, they put their paws down and they reach as low as they can with their paws, and then they push off the wall and jump. Whereas a kid goat just hops off. Now, in this case, how did the, the dog jump down but just hopping off? And the kid jumped down by inching its way down the wall as far as it could and then jumping off. So they jumped in an unusual way and that's why you are exempt. And again, as Rashi said before, it would be exempt from full damages, but you would be hired half damages. The Gomorrah then asks him that he says, Iachia my paturim. But why are you exempt? You should be... I mean, we know the answer, but the Gemara is asking, why are you exempt? You should still be chayed. Your dog jumped off in an unusual way. says, no, potomi nezek shalom, v'chayvim v'chatsi nezek. You're liable to half damages. Okay, now we go, we're going to discuss the last case of the Mishnah, so I'll just revise it. But the first point is almost independent. It's just this Mishnah is a key player in trying to work out the halacha of it. So it says the last point of the Mishnah was, A dog took a biscuit and it went to a haystack. And it seems on the surface there was a coal stuck to the charorah. So he ate the charorah and he set the haystack alight. On the Cold, he's liable to full damages. 
and on the haystack he's liable to full damages. Okay, we're going to come back to that case, but the Gemara says, Yochanan says, what's the logic behind the Torah telling you that you're liable for age, for a fire? Now again, the standard case you discuss is you light a fire in your garden, and it spreads and goes burn someone else's property. So, Rabbi Yochanan says it's because of your arrows. I, it says if just as it's as if I'm standing in my garden and shooting into your garden. When I light my fire and it goes and spread, it would have that same characteristic. Vereishlokish Omar Ishomishumamoina and no, he says no Reishlokish, it's considered like your property. I it says just as if your bull runs out and damages, so too if your fire spreads and damages, it's your animal. Just before we go any further and discuss some of their um, discuss it in more detail. What what difference does it make? Again, my fire. I lit my fire in my garden, and it spread to your garden, and it set the haystack alight. According to Rabbi Yochanan, it says if I was shooting arrows and damaging your property, and according to Rabbi Reish Lakish, it says if my ox ran and damaged your property. Because you should be guarding the fire. That's why you're liable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're saying, why, what's the underlying principle that you base that we're basing this liability on? Is it as if you were shooting arrows, or is it as if your ox was running, or your ox went and damaged? So look at Rashi. Um, it's the. I'll just read the important point. It's the fourth line. He says, Initially, our thought is, what's the difference between them? What happens if you light with the coal that does not belong to you? Because it's still your arrows. I, I take one of your coals and put it in my bra, which it then flames and spreads. So, well, it's as if I was shooting arrows. It doesn't matter whether I'm shooting my arrows or I stole your arrows and I'm shooting with them. I'm liable. I'm exempt because it's not my property. Again, if my ox, if your ox is in my garden and it goes and damages, I'm not liable. So, so to here, if my fire, if your fire is in my bra and it goes and damages, I'm not liable. So that's Rashi's difference. Tosos are not happy with that. Tosos say, how can you say that? And he brings a whole lot of sources that. If I take a coal from you and put it in my bra, you're going to tell me I'm not hired. Like, and he brings three, basically three questions. But therefore, Tosos, if I understood correctly, what would the difference be? Um, um, Tosos doesn't actually say what the difference would be, but looking into it a bit, I think what the difference could be is there's certain there's certain cases where it's different whether you cause the damage. Or it's different whether your animal causes the damage. For example, if it injures another person. If you injure another person, you're liable to five payments. Remember your the damage, the medical expenses, the loss of work, etc. If your animal injures a person, you're not liable to all of those damages. Um, so also things like that, where there's a difference, whether it's a person who damages or his property who damages, that could be the nafgamina between Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlokish. Again, Rabbi Yochanan says when your fire spreads and damages, it's as if you are shooting arrows and damaging. And Rishlokish says, no, it's as if it's your property, I, your 
animal went and damaged. Now he says, my time and Rabbi Yochanan. Why does Reish Lakish not learn like Rabbi Yochanan? So Omar Lecho, he will tell you, Arrows damage because of your force. You're shooting the arrows. The fires, you're not, it's not your force. It's spreading because of the wind. So, uh, so he says it's incomparable. Rabbi Yochanan, my time alone, Reish Lakish. Why does Rabbi Yochanan not learn like Reish Lakish? So Amar he will tell you, Mamana is by Mamosha. When we speak about something that's your property, that's because it's tangible. Is by Mamosha, there's something to it. Hot lace by Mashosha, a flame doesn't have anything to it. It's not tangible, and it's the flame that damages. So that's why Rabbi Yochanan says it can't be that you compare it to your property. Um, Tosos also all oh, about a bar. A bar is intangible. It's something missing. So he says, no, because you had to like dig it and it has the walls and everything, it could be considered Ispay Mamosha, the uncovering it or the, or the digging of it. Um, but the actual flame doesn't change as it catches things a lot. So therefore, it's, 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 uh, there's no thing. Um, Okay, and then Yahatosos asked quite a few interesting questions. Not going to go into all of them, but just another one. We saw that if your chicken damages by flapping its wings and causing it to blow and knock something over, not the wing knocking something, but blow something over, it's Shoros. There's also not anything tangible. Okay, so Tosos has a lot of interesting questions here, but let's go on. Um, let's do our Mishnah's case, and then I'll go to the run. Uh, the Numuka Yosef who asked a fascinating question on this. So let's just do this this case from our Mishnah. So So we're going to try prove um, either way. So well, this then this is actually again If you had this dog that took a charol, it makes sense according to the opinion that Rabbi Yochanan who says that you're liable to fire the same as you're liable to your arrows. And then the fire is the arrows of your dog. That's why you're liable. According to the opinion that you're liable to fire because of yourself. This fire doesn't belong to the owner of the dog. The dog went, jumped into your neighbor's garden, took one of his biscuits uh, that were baking in the fire, and ran to the guy's haystack and set it alight. That's not the owner of the dog's fire. So if you go like Reish Lakish, he shouldn't be higher. So Omar Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish says, you're right, that you're not actually higher. It's where the dog, for whatever reason, threw the coal onto the goddish. For the biscuit, he's liable. For the loaf, he's liable to full damages. Again, because that's shame. A dog eating red. And where the coal landed, he pays half damages. And on the rest of the haystack, Potur, he's exempt. I want. So again, where the coal lands and burns, that's the Tsroros of the dog, the dog throwing it there. You could argue it would be the same thing if the dog put it down there, but either way, the dog acted strangely and put it that the Tsroros of your dog in the case where he threw it. Um, yeah, I'll leave out that he could have placed it. It's where he threw it. And the rest of the haystack, would he be liable for? The fire spreading. 
So no, you're right. He would not be liable for the fire spreading because it's not his fire. It's the neighbor's fire. And Rabbi Yochanan will explain it where the dog placed the coal on the loaf and the place where the coal was put down. He pays full damages. Again, because that's all by way of shame. It's normal for a dog to snatch something off the fire and put it down to eat it. So the coal that it burns where it burns is liable to full damages. For al Hagodish and on the rest of the haystack where the fire spread and burnt, Meshalim Chatzinezek, he pays half damages. Why? Why half damages? Because that's the arrows of his dog, Aitzroros. Why are you liable for when you shoot arrows? Because it's your force. So it's the same as, remember, we saw Tsoros are your animal's force causing damage. So here, by your dog putting the coal down and it's spreading and damaging, it's, the, it's basically the same as Tsoros. It would be the same as if the dog was walking by and it flicked and a stone shot out from under its uh, thing and went and damaged. That's the arrows here, and that's why it's Hatzinezek. Okay, let's, let's jump into a, a fascinating question by the, the Namuka Yosef off. And it's stimulates a lot of discussion. Okay, so he says as follows. Ishu Mechesi says, Ke'ilu biyoda heviro. It's as if you... Yeah, it's as if you burnt it. It's as if you shot arrows and burnt it. And we're going to see which is, for all intents and purposes, saying that you went and lit it. Because whether I'm standing here and uh, I don't know punch you, or whether I'm standing here and I shoot arrows at you, um, it says if I'm hitting you with arrows. So then he says, Then how can you stand just before Shabbos and light candles, which are con- going to continue and burn on Shabbos? Well, what's the problem? We said it's as, it's as if you conti- continuously burning it. Yeah, we might have had to do it. To understand it fully, we have to do a case a bit later in the Gomorrah. Just wanted to get to this question before anyone had to leave. Um, so, the, um, the, 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 the fire, it's as if you lighting the fire along the way. It's your force going along the way. So when you light a candle on Erev Shabbos, it's as if you're continuously lighting it until it goes out, which means you're lighting a candle on Shabbos. How are you allowed to light a candle on Shabbos? He says, similarly, so it's if you light the fireplace. It's as if you're lighting it all the time. But if he's there, it's as if he himself is lighting this fire on Shabbos. Um, again, and he says it's a kavachomer. In the cases we're discussing that we view it as if you set the haystack alight, that's where you lit the fire in your garden. You didn't plan on it spreading. You just wanted to have a bonfire. You just wanted to have a bra. just wanted to burn your... Uh, garden refuse and it spread and 
burnt. You didn't have intention of that. On Shabbos, you, and you, it's as if you took the fire and burnt the thing. It's as if you were lighting the fire along the way. Well, that's always with fires. On Shabbos, you wanted to burn on Shabbos. So how much more so it's as if you burning it. Okay, and he discusses so too with the common bed cooking. So now, interestingly, he doesn't answer that there's a difference between Nazikin and Shabbos. He says we view it the same way. He, other, there are other commentaries who explain, no, Shabbos is about your, your melacha you did, and uh, they like make distinctions between Shabbos and Nazikin, which I would have almost thought is more logical, to make a distinction between you know, lighting a fire before Shabbos and lighting a fire that goes and causes damage. But he doesn't. He basically says it's the same thing. However, he says, Kina ein b'milsa shapir. If you look into it carefully, lo kashalon, there's no question. When you, this that you're liable for arrows, it's when you throw the arrow. Because at the time that you shoot the arrow, it says if you've done, you've done everything. And we don't consider it your action continuing. So when I shoot this arrow, the second I shoot it, I've done everything. Why? And even though it's going to take a minute to reach its target and only kill and do the damage a minute later, the arrow, everything I did was, and he proves it, he says, because otherwise, if we view it as if I'm consistently involved with the act, well then it's oinous. I can say, you know what, I shot my arrow. After it released, I changed my mind. I try to catch it, but I'm not fast enough to catch an arrow. I'm not a ninja. So I couldn't catch the arrow. And, but I'm oinous. It's out of my control. So, so you have to say from the moment he's shot it, it's as if he's done everything. Um... You could have exempted him because of because you can't stop it. says, says, even if, let's say, the person lit the fire in his garden and then he died before the fire spread. You pay the nizak from, from his assets. Because it's part of when the fire goes out. I, as he lit the fire, it's as if he's done all the damage. And you would ask He's dead, and a dead person is not responsible. We don't view it as if now he's lighting it, or as if when the, when the arrow hits his target, as if he's done with damage or the murder. Now, we go after the outset as soon as he's done the act. Um, when you start on Erev Shabbos, that's when you began. It's as if you've completed everything. So it's very weird. We're working on almost two parallel, in my mind, we're working in two parallel time frames. You're right. The event was triggered now and occurred in five minutes. Or tonight, you're going to light Shabbos candles. The event's triggered 18 minutes, whatever, before Shkia, and it's going to continue for much longer. However, you view from regards to the action, 
view it as if everything's done at the moment it's done. So as soon as you light your Shabbos candles, it's as if you've lit them and burned them. You're right. Theoretically, the time's going to drag out. But as soon as you light it, it's as you've done everything. And that's why so too it damages. As soon as you light the fire in your garden, as soon as you shoot the arrow, at that instant, you kind of view it, I guess, almost from Hashem's perspective. There's no time frame. Everything's been done. And that's the liability. And that's how the run explains. Ishom Ishom Chitzah. You're liable, you're liable for, and you're not liable for lighting your Shabbos candles. Again, even though we view it as, when we say someone shot arrows and they're doing damage, it's as if they went and did the damage with their hands. Or when someone lights a fire and it spreads, it's as if they're lighting it along the way. But we view it as if the whole action was done at the moment that they did the action. Okay, so that's a, a very interesting question. Can ask uh, can ask your family at the Shabbos table. Um, yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, but there are other opinions, like the I think it's the Kilas Yaakov. He wants to distinguish between no the chiu for a melacha. A melacha, you're always focused on the action, whereas the chiu for a damage is different. You know, making a distinction between Shabbos and Nizikin, But the runs that the runs famous question and a famous approach. Um, why should you be if if it's as if you consistent continuously lighting and lighting the fire, and then you shouldn't be allowed to light your candles on Arab Shabbos. Okay, let's carry on trying to prove either way between this Machloikas, Rabbi Yochan and Rosh Cheers, have a very good Shabbos. Um, so Toshma, come in here. Um, Toshma, come in here. If you have a camel carrying a load of flax walking through the street, the public domain. Now this camel's been loaded up. Remember, flax isn't heavy, but he has this huge load of flax on his back. You just got to keep that in your mind as we go through the case. Far, yeah, but far bigger. But he's and he's loaded up far bigger than his safe. As he's walking past, the flax pushes into a shop and catches a light by one of the candles in the shop and burns down the building. The owner of the camel is liable. Very simply because he should not have loaded his camel to the degree that the flax is going to be pushing into other people's shops as he walked past them. However, if he leaves the candle outside, the chenvoni is liable. Okay, Rabbi Yehud, so now why is that? Because the owner of the camel should not have put his um, the Chenvani shouldn't have put his candle outside. Cushion, yeah. And yeah, therefore, the Chenvani is the one who's negligent, and that's why the owner of the uh, he is Chayav. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a Bnei Chanukah. Potter, Rabbi Yehuda says, when Bnei Chanukah, you exempt. This is one of the few times that Chanukah is mentioned. It's a Mishnah later on, this that we quoting now, and it's one of the handful of times that Chanukah is mentioned in the Mishnah. So that's uh, just interesting. No, we're coming up to Hanukkah. And why would he be, why would the owner be exempt on Hanukkah? 
So that's the cash on Rishlokish. Now, Amachar Rishlokish, Acha B'maskinen B'mesachseches Kol Habirakula. Rabbi Yochanan Rishlokish says that's where he rubbed the, the flax rubbed over the whole building. I bet you remember he's walking with this huge load. So as the flax catches a lot, it rubs along, and the animal walks or carries on walking along. It rubs the whole building, and therefore it's the fires. It's not the Arrow, it's not the fire spreading that's causing the damage, it's the animal, it's the animal touching the fire to the building. Do you see that's a major difference? Again, if you would take a, a, a map and light something, that's not ash, that's you damaging. If you light a fire here and it spreads to down there and damages, that's the ash we're talking about. So here where the flax touches the building, well that's not. That's why the owner of the camel is liable. Okay, not because it's not a din of ash, it's a din of this animal damaging. It says, Oh, but wait, at the end, we, the next clause says if the shopkeeper leaves his candle outside, the owner of the shop is liable. Now, the Ibe Maseches, Amar Chayav, if it's Maseches, why is the owner of the shop liable? The owner of the camel should very short. The owner of the camel, I'm explaining according to the Rashba. He's got a nice piece. I was going to read it, but we're getting a bit, uh, starting to take a little bit long. Um, I was going to do the Rashba inside. But the owner of the camel sees the flax catch a light. He should pull the camel away from the building. So at least the owner of the camel should be partially liable. You're right, it's not fully his fault because his flame was outside. Tosses also seem to learn very similar to the Rashba. The Rashba just said it in an easier way. I'm not, I didn't t- analyze whether they're the same or not, but they're similar. Um, but, so the owner should have pulled his camel away, but the fact that he didn't, he's negligent. So the owner of the building was negligent. The, owner of the, the shopkeeper was negligent by leaving his candle outside. The owner of the camel was negligent by not pulling his camel away from rubbing this flame all over the building. So why should the Chenvani be... Chayev um, says no. B'she Omdo, that's where the camel stood still. Again, Omdo v'sirsa kol kosha ain't the chenvani potter u'bala gomer chayev. Well, if it's where the camel stood still, the flat still touched the whole building. How much more so? The owner of the shopkeeper should the shopkeeper should be exempt or partially exempt, and the owner of the camel should be liable. Why? So he explains because. When your animal, at least if we said you have when your animal's walking past and doing sirseich, that's where you, the owner could say, you know what, I thought it was stepping away from the building. I thought it was walking away from the building. But here the animal's literally just standing there. The owner of the camel should have intervened. He's negligent by not. 
So you should be chayav. So Omar, Ravuna, Ba'amanuach, Mishmaid, Rabika. No, you interrupted me before I could finish my sentence. Says, what's the case here? It stopped to pass urine. Now the camel's not going to move. So the camel stopped by the shop to urinate. And the thing caught a light. Because the candle was outside. Because the candle was outside. And the owner of the camel saw it and he's trying to pull his camel, but his camel won't budge because he's busy doing his business. So there the owner of the camel is Oines. The owner of the shop was negligent and therefore the owner of the shop is completely liable. Okay, so now we can understand the case that Bryce has come to a talk. It just finishes and says, In the first clause, where the flax pushed into the shop, the owner of the cannibal, a camel is liable because he should not have loaded it at such a load. Because he should not have put the candle outside. And again, oh, but don't you want to say that the owner of the camel should also be a Bilalus so and not pulling his camel away from the building? He couldn't. The animal was urinating at one badge. So he's always nice. Okay, so we have, so Rach Lokish, so all the questions we've asked on Rach Lokish, he's been able to explain the Mishnahs and the prices according to his understanding. So Toshma. Another challenge on Reish Lakish, Hamadlik is a Kodesh. Mahoiso Gedi Kapuslo, the Ebed Somuchlo, the Nisraf Imo Chayev. If you light a haystack and there was a kid, a goat tied to it and a slave nearby, the Nisraf Imo and he's burned with it, the Gedi and the Kodesh. Chayev is liable for both of them. Eved, now obviously, and the slave is not liable because the slave should have seen the fire and moved away. It says, If the slave was tied to the haystack, and the gedi standing nearby, the nisraf imo, and it got burnt with it, potur is exempt. He's potur for the gedi and the haystack. Why? Because of the principle, come labor to What's that? That if you do an act that incurs a more severe punishment, you just get the more severe punishment. So here, by burning, lighting this haystack, which the slave was tied to, is liable for murder. And therefore, he's going to have to, he'll be punished or he's liable for murder, so he's not going to be liable for the monetary damages. And that's why it's potter on the Gedi and the haystack. Oh, according to the one who says that fire is the same as arrows, that's why it's exempt. Because it's his arrow, when he lit the haystack and it spread to kill the slave that was tied there, that's his arrows killing the slave. So he's liable. And therefore he's exempt from the kid. Mervyn left. Yeah. But according to the opinion that Aish is because of Mammon, Amman Potter, why is he exempt? If someone's ox kills a slave, would you not be Chayev? Again, if your ox kills a slave, we know straight straightforward. If your ox kills a slave, you're liable to Shloshim, you're liable to a monetary payment. So, so to hear where your fire, which you're saying, the winter Lokish is your property. You should be higher. So why would you be potter from paying for the kid and the haystack? 
So Amal Achore, Bishimun Ben Lapish, or Bishimun Ben Lapish will tell you, Hacha Bamaas, Kinan, what's the case here? Kesha hates his Bagufa Shal Ever. It's not where he actually set the slave alert. The Komle Bedrabimine, that's where we say Komle Bedrabimine. Oh, Yahim Alamemer, what's the novelty? What are you teaching me? There's a, there's a haste. You, you set this slave alert, and the fire also killed the haste, uh, killed the, well, yeah, killed the goat and uh, burnt the haystack as you come later driving. You're not teaching me anything. Rabbi Yochanan was a good chidush because Rabbi Yochanan was, you set the haystack alert, the fire spread and burnt the slave, and therefore you're exempt on everything else. Only if the slave is tied to those. Only if the slave is tied, yes. Um, but, according to Shlokish, how Rav Shlokish is learning it, it's so obvious. No, the case is where the Gedi belongs to one person and the Eved belongs to one person. Ah, you might have thought, when do we say, is you liable for killing that person, so you're not liable to that person's, to damage that you did to that person. But I should be liable to the Gedi, which belongs to someone else. He says, no, since it's the one act that you liable to miss that game for, according to slave alert, you're going to be exempt for all the other monetary damages in that case. Okay, so, okay, so Rishlokish has a good way to learn. Toshma, another proof. If you send a fire in the hands of a cheresh, you potu from dinah adam, but you liable me dinah shomayim. So basically, can't make you back. According to Rabbi Yochanan, he says that you liable to fire as if you shot arrows. Well, here, who shot the arrows? The cheresh. He's the one who let the fire spread. If you give your ox to a cheresh of a cotton to look after, you're going to tell me that you're not liable. Yes, if you give your ox to someone to watch who can't watch it, you haven't taken responsibility for your ox, so when it goes and damages, it should be liable. So, Kondurei when you give your fire to someone who can't watch it, a cherishite of a cotton, and it goes and damages, it's your, it's your mammon. So, you should be liable. It says, no, ho it didn't we already say regarding it? Omeresh Lokish, Mishmei the Cheske, Resh Lokish explained in the said in the name of Chizke, Loishano Elakashamosalogacheles Velibe. It's where you handed him a coal and he fanned it, flamed it. Aval Mosoloshalheves Chayat. But if you gave him a flame, you'd be liable. My timer, Bori has It's definitely going to cause damage. And I guess it's the same thing as giving an ox to a Cheresh. When you give him a flame, well, then you've given him an ox and he can't watch it properly, and you would be liable. But Rabbi Yochanan says if you give him a flame, you'd be exempt. It's the fiddling of the cheresh that causes the fire. Therefore, again, and this fits in very well with Rabbi Yochanan's understanding of Aish. You give him a, 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 a flame, it's his fiddling around with it that lets it spread and therefore it's the kid's arrows. Again, if you give a kid a bow and arrow, you give a kid a gun, even though the kid's not expected to be responsible, you can't be held liable for what the kid does with it. Because at the end of the day, it was the child who shot the arrow. You must be liable. You must be liable because well, that's you shouldn't give it to the 
Um, you shouldn't have, and that's why Bidina Shaman, but according to the based in can't make you liable because what have you done? Again, you were irresponsible. But whose arrows is it? Who shot the arrows? The kid. Again, just picture in your mind giving a child a gun or a bow and arrow, and he goes and he damages with it. Again, you didn't do the damage. No. You were irresponsible, but you didn't do the damage. So therefore, you can't be based in can't make you liable. Again, if it's viewed, if H is your property, well then it's the same as giving the child a, give a child a wild dog to play with and the dog goes and damages. You know, you see the, in the cartoons the dog pulling the child along. That's what's happening here. You didn't do anything by giving him your dog to watch. So there, therefore you would be, that's, but that's Rachel Oak, you should be also an old snow. Fire is like arrows. So therefore even if you give the child a bow and arrow, you shouldn't. And heaven will hold you accountable. But basically, God made you liable because it's the child who shoots the arrows. And the same thing with the fire. When you give him the fire and he lets it spread, it's his arrow spreading, shooting. Um, it's interesting, yeah. It's interesting because generally we would almost, in most of the previous cases, in a way, Rachel Okish has come out a bit more lenient or in the case of Rabbi Yochanan would hold you higher in cases or for parts of the building, etc., that Rachel Okish would not hold you higher. But now we see the other way around, where by the Cherashot of the Shlokish would hold you liable in case where Rabbi Yochanan would hold you exempt. Um, I guess it also works the other way. It says, Lo mechaev ad. According to Rabbi Yochanan, you would be only chayev ad demosele gasa silsa v'shraga. If you give him a... a fire with flint. I will you basically give him the ready-to-damage kit. That's when you'd be higher. So giving him a box of matches and say, here, go play. Yeah, a box of matches and fire lights and saying, go play. So that's where you've given him everything. There you would be liable. Um, maybe that's giving him, holding, drawing the arrow for him and saying, here, take the bow and arrow, hold it while the string's pulled back. Or, I don't know, yeah. Um, okay, so Rabbi Yochanan... And Reish Lokish have a way of explaining that price. So we still don't have a clear proof either way, but Omar Rova Kroma Nisamasailan. The Posuk and a Brysa are a proof for Rabbi Yochanan. the Posuk as it says, Ki when the fire goes out. I Taitsa that implies it spreads by itself. And then the Posuk ends off by Sabira. The one who set the haystack alight must pay. The, the one who set you know, the one who set the fire alarm must pay. That implies he went and he lit it. So how do you explain, how do you reconcile the two parts of the puzzle which says when you light a fire and it goes and spreads, you pay for lighting the haystack? Oh, it must be it's Isha Mishon When you shoot down there, it's as if you lit the haystack. So that's a good proof for Rabbi Yochanan from the Pasuk. Um must be Isha Mishum Khetsov. My niece the Tanya uh, so that's a proof for Rabbi Yochanan, as we learned. Pet posach hakosov benizkei mamon, v'sayim benizkei kufo. The posach opened with nizkei mamon, I your things damaging, because as we said, kitaitza eish, loy and then it ends off with the person who did the damage, because it says he set the he said it a lot. Again, the, this price is built on the Pasuk. This price is, but the, the advantage is, this price is interpreting the Pasuk exactly how Rava would have wanted to um, to fit in with Rabbi Yochalat. Um, to tell you that Isha is Mishum Chetzov. And well, we'll leave it there for today. Have a very good
this. I will continue. I'll probably go oh, from the new Mishnah on Sunday. No, I'm not going to.